I look at the companies and the businesses you like, and it seems like you are decidedly on the spectrum of reopening, recovery, and value, as opposed to riding all these tech momentum trades. Uh, we are. We are, though. You know, I think the, the wind's in our favor. We've got a positive fixed income yield curve. Um, that's a great indication that the that the market's economy. We've got stimulus coming down from our from our colleagues at the in, uh, at the capital. Um, corporate earnings are strong. We've got uh, you know GDP growth rate five to eight percent. I was listening to your previous segment about the CPI index. I tell you what I see firsthand dealing with private clients is a bifurcated inflation rate. You know the seventy and eighty year olds have healthcare costs that are rising, they have food costs that are rising. You know, their costs are rising much higher than the CPI index. But the 30, 40 year olds have mortgage rates have dropped. You know, cars, you know, are much better than they were 10, 20 mm. years ago. So when we talk about CPI, it's really a bifurcated uh, inflation market in today's economy. And I think that really needs to be t taken in consideration than just looking at the unemployment rate or the employee rate um, in the marketplace. I just wanted to add that because I see that firsthand dealing with private clients. Now, in terms of what's going to kind of unleash another tailwind for some of these cyclical trades in terms of yields, uh, you know, does the feeling of our inflation matter as much as the PCE and the Fed that's promised they're not going to do anything, uh, Clark? Because for some of these stocks in the value category, they would like to see these yields move up. Banks and financials, uh, is that a part of the equation that still is not fitting? Or is the rise in yields we've had enough to kind of get investors more interested in that group of the market? Well, I do think we are some point down the road we are going to have inflation it's not going to be next month it's not going to be a year from now but i think four or five years from now when we go out to a restaurant and we want to buy a burger and it costs us 20 bucks or 30 bucks to buy a burger we're going to say you know what there's real inflation um, in the marketplace but even more so when we have inflation you got to stop and think you know these fang stocks the technology stocks that have been priced to perfection are trading 30 40 times earnings 20 times cash flow when you have a rise in interest rates if they don't live up to their perfection as far as revenue and earnings growth those will be the ones that will be hurt the most you know take us back 20 years ago when we had the y2k crisis you know back then it was aol it was qualcomm i mean i see the potential and I think you need to be very careful in this market going into those COVID success stocks, as I like to call them. So the COVID success stocks, the quarantine trades, the things that have done well already. Clark, uh, the things that are just starting to do well, some of these reopened stocks. Last time you and I talked, you were speaking about AutoNation, URI, industrial and cyclical parts makers and more economically dependent names. They've done well since then. For the most part, they've beaten some of these tech companies. But for a lot of these charts now, I'm curious if they too have run beyond reason. I mean, we still have a lot of recovery to do here, but some of these companies are trading back where they were pre-COVID. Should these stocks be at those levels if they are? I'm looking at an auto nation that's way, way, way above where it was pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, but, but, but I still think you look at the underlying, you know, cash flow that's being generated from these companies. Um, 
And I think that's the key thing. Many of these companies are trading six, seven, eight times cash flow. And I think that's very reasonable. And they'll be the ones that will be able to digest potential inflation into the future. So in try, instead of trying to play uh, the game stocks of the world or these momentum base, I think we need to refocus. And that, at least that's what I do. We refocus on those earnings and those cash flows and to pay a reasonable price for it. And I think after we've had now a decade of a humongous run up in the marketplace, I think we need to be very conscious of what we're buying and where we're putting our money. Clark, how do you figure out how much to put into these reopened themes? How do you think about divvying up the money in a portfolio? How do you figure out what's most conviction or are all these kind of cyclical recovery plays cut from the same cloth? I mean, what within them screams out, look, you don't have to wait for some grand development or some huge push in inflation it seems like these are some of the companies you're talking about based on their fundamentals, cash flows. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you're asking me how do we do sector rotation or s sector allocation. I think we don't try to be terribly over or underweighted versus the major indices. Um, what you know, oil's now two to three percent of the S and P 500. I just don't think you want to make a big bet in, in the the energy market right now. But I like to just sort of say I own this company. You know, I shop there. Things that we like right now are Sprouts, which is our organic, you know, grocery store out in the West. Um, Federated Herms, you know, a mutual fund company based in Pittsburgh. Um, Quest Diagnostic. Um, you know, I think all these companies have potential. They're part of the underlying economy. I think that's where, you know, good opportunity is in the market. We'll continue to put uh, funds in those marketplace, being very conscious as far as managing the overall part portfolio. Okay. I also, uh, um, you know, for that fixed income re retiree investor, you know, a story that hasn't been talked much about is the dogs of the Dow. You know, there you got the Verizon, the Walgreens, the Merck, the Amgen, good companies. You get a 3% dividend yield, three times that of, uh, of the 10 year treasury. There you can, over a long term, maintain that purchasing power for the client. I think there's great opportunity there. Clark, one of the companies that you mentioned, I want to come back to real quick. Here's the chart of Walgreens. The bounce up off the lows has been pretty strong as we look at vaccine distribution. I'm curious about Sprouts, though, as a grocer during a period where everybody started cooking again or ordering in. It seems like that might qualify under one of the COVID success stories, does it not? I think it. I think it's a. It's a major move as far as consumer purchasing to go the organic route, um, not just to make dinner out of a box anymore. And I think that will continue past the pandemic. Um, I think it's a good company. Profit margins are very strong for Sprouts, and uh, they're still really what only a two billion dollar market cap. I think there's great opportunity for them to run.